All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Survivalist Podcast. This is our fifth episode now, I believe. And uh, we are moving right along here with these episodes. They go quick, let me tell you. Uh, as always, folks, uh, I should get the good housekeeping out of the way. You can find all of our all of our shows on survivalistpodcast.org. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash survivalistpodcast. And as well as on Twitter, survivalistpod. Uh, so today, folks, on the show, uh, we're going to get into a couple of things here. But uh, one thing I do want to say, folks, uh, this show is... Uh, really getting uh, quite a bit of attention. Uh, the other the other day, I, I just turned on uh, look at iTunes on my phone here before my before I went on the uh, started to record, and I see I have uh, so far nine people uh, off and all five star reviews. So I appreciate you guys going on there and you know giving the show five stars, and I appreciate anybody that can uh, go on iTunes and give those five stars. The the podcast is in uh, it's very early stages. It's only been out you know on, on iTunes for about a week. Uh, less than that, actually, only a, cu- a couple days. But um, you know, the first eight weeks they say are critical with a podcast. So I appreciate if you guys can go on there and just go ahead and just you know give it a rating, listen to it, give it a rating, and I appreciate that because you know I, I work really hard on the show. I really want to get this this information out there to you guys, and I appreciate you guys giving the the five stars because you know it really does uh, make the podcast easier to find. It pushes it up higher on iTunes and all that, and then we get more people that are listening and more people that are better prepared and more informed, uh, which is what we need, especially, uh, you know, in the way the, the current state of uh, this country is. So uh, a couple things, I, I want to talk about a couple things today, folks, but I really wanted to get into I got a lot of positive response uh, about yesterday's show when I talked about uh, mortgage, when I talked about, you know, we're going to get into the mortgage. A lot of people said, I would really appreciate that if you could talk about mortgages, because my wife and I are looking into a, looking into a home. And another friend of mine as well said the same thing. So I uh, figure folks will get in and talk a little bit about that today. Uh, I'm not, a, like I said, I'm not a mortgage expert, but I do know a lot about real estate and mortgages because my family's been in real estate, uh, you know, um, probably most most of my life, if not my whole life. I don't remember the time my dad wasn't dabbling, at least in some sort, in real estate, uh, whether he was selling real estate or uh, buying property or selling property or unless he was opening up a, uh, you know, a business to build it up to sell it and all that stuff. So uh, I've been around uh, loans and mortgages and stuff like that mo- most of my life. Uh, so we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But uh, one of the things I do want to get into, folks, uh, when you start talking about mortgages, uh, there, there is, like I said, a difference between uh, a refinance and a and a regular mortgage. Uh, the re- a regular mortgage, folks, is going to be just a it's going to be, be whatever you want it to be. It could be a 10-year, 20-year, 30, I mean, I think now they even have 35-year loans. And normally, you are going to have to put 10% down. So I have talked about this with a couple people before. A couple friends of mine say they want to get those loans with uh, no money down. Now, uh, a lot of you that don't know, the lending laws have changed dra- drastically ever since the crumble of the economy in 2008. Uh, the lending laws have, have uh, changed just, just tremendously. I mean, just changed drastically. Um, normally, you usually you would have to put ten uh, percent down. A lot of banks now are saying you have to actually put twenty percent down. So, uh, if you guys are going, I'm going to go for a mortgage. You are going to put twenty percent down. So, if you're buying your first home at one hundred thousand, you may have to put you know twenty thousand down. Uh, a lot of those no interest down, you know, no money down loans, uh, they're hard to get, and they are very very strict. 
uh, qualifications and criteria that you're going to have to meet to be able to prove for one of those. So uh, you may not be able to do that. Now, those of you that are going for a first-time home buyer loan, I'm going to tell you those are quite difficult to get. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, one, because the house has to meet certain criteria uh, to be able to purchase it. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, when you go, I mean, I've actually seen where, where the they actually come. Not only do you have to get a home inspection, but you may actually have to get the, the uh, first-time home buyer people to actually come out, and they have their own inspector that comes in and inspects the house, and they actually measure the, the stairs. Uh, they'll, you know, they'll do all these kinds of tests and and all that mold tests, and which is important, obviously. But uh, they'll actually look at the tiles and the floor to make sure how the grout is. No, they really get now. Most of the times, you have a home inspection, folks. They check the furnace, they check the uh, you know the roof. You know, they, they check the, the big ticket items, but when you get sort of those home, first time home buyer loans where you have to put very little to no money down, uh, a lot of times, folks, uh, you know, those the criteria on that is pretty intense and you may not uh, be able to meet the criteria. So that's something uh, you really want to think about when you start thinking about what kind of loan uh, you're going to go for, what kind of mortgage you're going to go for. One of the things, folks, you're going to want to do is when you do go for your mortgage, you're going to want to uh, definitely uh, look at the payment and how much you can afford. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because if you're going to put, say you get a loan where you got to put 20% down, you're putting 20000 down, your payments could be a lot cheaper than if you finance the whole thing. Now, if you are going to be able to finance the whole thing, and you may be able to, uh, you may have to actually go ahead and stretch the, the, the payments out a little bit longer. So if you're going to go say, put 20 down, 20,000 down and get it out for 20 years, if you're going to be financing the whole thing, you may have to push that mortgage out to 30. Okay? Very, very, very important to know what your payment is, what you can afford before you get into something. And also, too, folks, just because you can afford the payment does not mean you can afford uh, the house. Uh, you need to really sit down and say, hey, well, you know, what, what am I, what's my electric bill going to be every month? Uh, what's my heat bill going to be? Obviously, it's going to be higher in the summer than it is in the winter, obviously. Uh, you know, higher, I'm sorry, higher in the winter than it is in the summer. And what your electric bill going to be, obviously, is probably going to be usually higher in the summer because you can run the air conditioning and all that. You look at how much your sewer is going to cost, your water, uh, all that, how much your insurance is going to cost, taxes. Uh, it's not just can you afford the loan. I've seen a lot of people going to homes with to say, well, I knew I could afford the payment. I'm like, okay, well, have you calculated in what's going to happen when you've got to do some repairs? And the answer back is always, well, we can afford the payments. Well, can you afford the payments comfortably? Or is that going to be everything, you know, you know, I mean, you know, first time something breaks, what are you going to do? So very, very important. The other thing, too, folks, when you are going to go for a home buyer's loan, first time home buyer's loan, uh, just so you know, folks, too, there are uh, criteria that you have to meet not only for the home, but also for you. So you're going to have to meet, obviously, a certain income level and all that kind of stuff. But uh, one thing you're going to have to do is you may have to stay in the house for X amount of years uh, because of the bank can get their money. So you may be in a situation where you may say, where they may say to you, hey, you know, we're, we're going to give you the loan, but you got to be in the house for, you know, 11 years. Uh, and 11 years usually is the number, folks, uh, at least in uh, Pennsylvania anyway, and, and uh, here in the Northeast uh, Jersey and even New York. I, I'm not sure about your state you're in, uh, but uh, that region around here is about 11 years. I know you're going to ask why it's 11. I have no idea. But uh, so you may have to say, now, if you, if you leave early, folks, there are prepay, there are pre, if you decide you're going to sell that home in 11 years, uh, you know, there are prepayment penalties. Just so you know that, you're going to get penalized quite a bit. I think it's a percentage on the loan. So uh, something you're going to have to think about, folks, when you get that when you get that mortgage approved. So uh, something to really think about. Other thing, too, folks, when you're going to go start looking at homes, what I strongly recommend is you uh, you go get pre-approved so you know roughly about what you're looking at. Uh, one of the things I see all the time with people, they'll say, 
you know, oh, I'm looking at homes. Well, have you gotten pre-approved by a bank? Well, no. Well, you don't know what you can afford. The worst thing you can do is go into a house that you think you can afford, find out, and find out you can't afford it, or find out you can't get the loan for it. A lot of times you can afford it, but uh, the bank is going to give you the loan for it. So uh, that's something you're going to really, really have to, you know, uh, think about uh, one thing I do recommend is whatever they pre-approve you for, uh, probably you know knock about you know whatever they you know if you if you got to put for 100 grand I would say look for something in about the 80 range, and uh, you know go from there because uh, you know 20 people saying why are you saying 20 percent well because first of all you got to put 20 percent down, and two you got to make sure you budget a little bit for repairs and stuff like that so and your taxes mortgage and you know insurance and all that so you have to calculate all that in. Very important. Uh, some of the other things too, folks, you're going to want you're going to want to think about too. Uh, when you are getting your your very first loan, uh, there's obviously a lot to think about with with getting your first loan, and uh, you're going to have to look at uh, not only you not can you afford it and all that, but you're going to have to look at, like I said, your utilities. Uh, but you're also going to want to have to really really look at is the location of the home when you buy it, uh, only because you want to make sure your resale value will go, will go up and not down. And I'm okay with people. I, I, let me tell you, folks, if you're listening to this show and you're going to say, well, he always, I know I've talked about many times how at the beginning of the show last week, how I said I don't really like a lot of people having a lot of debt. But in this case, folks, I have no problem having debt. Debt on your home is not like debt on a credit card because, you know, debt on your home always go. your home value usually always will go up. Okay? Your credit, you don't get any value out of credit card debt. Okay? So very important right there to remember that. Uh, a couple things, too, folks, you're going to want to think about as well. When you're talking about debt, and you're talking about your mortgage and all that kind of stuff. Uh, like I said, you're going to put about 20% down. You're going to have to meet certain criteria and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the other thing, too, you're going to want to do, uh, if you you may be not, this may not be your first home. Uh, this may be like your second home or something like that. You're going, you may have to look at, you know, you may have to, you may fall in love with the house, but you may have to sell the current house you're in. Uh, before you can buy the new house, so uh, very important to think about those things as well. I know a lot of times we talk about people getting their first home, uh, you know, but uh, in some cases you may already have a home, maybe upgrading something or buying something else, and you're going to look at, okay, can I afford to buy the second home while still supporting my first home? Uh, you know, some people can't. Some people have to wait till they sell their the other home uh, before they can buy this one. And that's something you really need to look about folks. So that can seriously, uh, hold up a real estate transaction if you're waiting to sell your home while you're buying another one. So, uh, you may want to think about that as well. And like I said, folks, if you are renting, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I strongly recommend you look into purchasing your first home because, uh, you can, you, you know, when you're, when you're paying your rent, you're just paying somebody else's mortgage pretty much. Another thing folks too, if you buy something as an, for an investment, uh, I do want to point out as well, folks, you're going to be paying a higher interest rate on it. That's just the way it is. Uh, there's no answer about about it. Uh, you're, uh, you know, when you when you buy something like that uh, for an investment, you're always going to pay a little higher interest rate, and usually they're going to make you put more down. So if you're going to do 20% down for, you know, for your home where you're going to live, or 10% down for where you're going to live, you're probably going to look at probably going to put 20 or 30% down uh, for an investment property. That's just the way it goes. So uh, just remember that. There's nothing wrong, by the way. Real estate is a great investment as long as you get the right price and get the right mortgage. Another thing, folks, too, you do want to remember uh, some of the other things, folks, they are going with. They still have other, other kind of weird kind of loans, too, folks. They have those uh, those balloon mortgages, as I call them. Uh, well, they put you in a house, and you have to refinance after two or three years. Uh, you don't hear as much out of this as you did years ago, but uh, they still do have kind of mortgages like that. Uh, what that is, folks, uh, what, if you, if you what, they have, what they have with the balloon mortgages, uh, it's interest only, pretty much. So what you do is they'll get you into the house, and you pay for it. Pretty much you're just paying interest only. 
And then after the first two or three years, after you got your credit all built up, you got to refinance. Now, the problem with that is, folks, is a lot of times people can't, when they get a mortgage like that, they can't really maintain their credit. And when the three years is up, they can't refinance. So uh, you got to make sure if you are going to do something like that to get into your first home, you do have to make sure that you uh, can afford it and do keep your credit up because that's going to be a big issue. Another thing, folks, too, they're between fixed and adjustable. Uh, obviously, if you're if you get a, uh, a mortgage, say like a year uh, called the 228 or 327, what that means is the first two years are fixed and the rest of the years are adjustable. Now, in this day and age, with the mortgage and the interest rates being so low, uh, adjustable is necessarily a bad thing. But um, you know, now with the interest rates going up a little bit, you may want to look into a fixed. Uh, you know, especially with mortgage rates being two or three percent right now on loans. Um, you, know, you may want to look into a, a fixed rather than adjustable. That's personally your decision. Not, you know, it's up to you what you want to do with that. I personally like a fixed mortgage. I don't like the adjustable. But again, you know, it, it really depends on you and what your situation is. And if that's the kind of mortgage you can get, I strongly recommend that you get it fixed. Uh, but a lot of times, if you do get it fixed, they will charge you a little more interest because it is fixed. So you have to look at that. But like I said, you, you know, you have a two twenty, two twenty eight, or three twenty seven. Now those aren't balloon mortgages; those are just adjustable mortgages. Okay, the balloon balloon mortgage is when you have to refinance. What it tells you right in the contract: you have to refinance after a few years. Okay. Now we're going to talk about refinancing a little bit too. Say you decide that you bought your house, you know, ten years ago, you know, for sixty thousand, and now it's worth eighty thousand. You want to take ten grand out because you want to do some repairs. You want to fix it up. I'm okay with that. That's called a refi. And normally the appraisals are a lot easier and stuff like that than they are on a refi because you're living in it, you're not going to move moving. You're still going to live you just want to pull out some equity to fix it up. I'm okay with you going deeper into debt with something like that because what you're doing, folks, is, you're, is by adding, by taking the money and, and, and fixing it up, you're going to increase the value of your home. So I'm okay with that. Now, the one thing with a refi, if you refinance on a Monday, you won't get the, mo- the money until Thursday because uh, there is a three-day rescission period on any refinance. Now, I know a lot of times people will actually refinance, pay off their credit cards. Uh, I'm actually okay with that as long as you don't recharge up the credit cards, okay? Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually am okay with that. But as long as you don't, just don't recharge up the credit cards, very bad decision there. Uh, a couple of things folks, you want to make sure you do as well when you are getting a mortgage. Uh, you want to know, like I said, if you're paying your tax. I like it when you pay your taxes and insurance on your own, but some banks they actually bundle in the taxes and, and uh, insurance in with it. You want to know what you're getting into with that. That's another very important thing you should think about uh, when you're getting a loan uh, for your home, for a home. Uh, am I going to be getting it either in? How am I going to be getting it? And where are my taxes and my insurance going to be? Are they going to be in the loan, not in the loan, some of that? And do remember, folks. Like I said, uh, when, when you do buy an investment, or if you do ever take out a loan uh, for any type of commercial property. You will pay a commercial rate. Now, just so you know, the banks will. Some of the banks do try something funny. Do not tell them what you want the money for. Now, what are you gonna? Now, what do you? And I'm gonna explain this in a minute. Say your wife and you decide you want to get into a, a little business, okay? And you decide to you take the equity out of your home to start the business. As long as it's gonna be a good business, I'm actually okay with that, okay? I've actually done that myself. But here's the problem: a lot of the banks will say, "Hey, well, if you're gonna use the money for commercial, we're gonna charge you a commercial rate." Uh-uh. The, if you, as long as you're taking out a loan, okay, okay, and you're putting it in a residential home, the bank does not need to know what you're doing with the money. Do not tell the bank we do with the money because they will charge you a commercial rate if they know you're going to try to start a business with it because it's more risk. Okay, don't tell them what the money's for. It's it, just tell them you're going to fix the house up or something like that. Do not tell them what it's for because they will try to take you across the coals and give you a commercial rate. So don't do that. Very very bad. Okay, now there's another kind of mortgage, folks, too, that's actually really neat. It's not—it's—it's it's it's a mortgage, but it's a little different. It's called a home equity line of credit. 
Now, what this is, is basically having an equity line against your home. Now, I know you're going to say, wow, what does that mean? Okay, pretty much picture your house like a giant credit card. Now, I know people are going to be like, ah, but no, that's not what it actually is, okay? What it actually is, is is you're paying probably one, probably 2%, 3%. And a home equity line is, okay, there's no like credit card. You don't swipe it or anything like that. It's not that it is. What it is, is you have, you have a, you picture, you have a, you know, a checkbook for it. You get a statement, like normally at mortgage, you have a book you use every single week or every single month. With this, you're actually going to get a statement every month in the mail. And what it does is, folks, if, say you need to buy a hot water tank for your house, okay? You just go ahead and write a check, okay? And that's it. You write a check from it, and it goes against your home equity line. Now, why am I saying this is a good idea? Well, because for home repairs, it makes you don't have to use the money. It's available to you, but you don't have to use the money. Now, one thing that's nice about it, Say you write a say you write a check for a water heater. You're paying one or two percent on the loan, uh, rather than paying uh, the majority. You know, paying you know big interest. And the equity line is a, is basically a simple interest loan, uh, where you're where you're loan on your mortgage as a complex as a compound interest. So this is a lot better. I actually recommend this for people who have homes that need to do home repair is get a home equity line against your house and actually use that because it's it's a different mortgage rate. It's a different percent rate, and you know if you need to buy something for the house, you can buy it right out of the home equity line and fix up the house. I strongly recommend to people that have to fix up their home, uh, because this way you don't have all this cash laying around from the from a refi. And also too, I think it's a lot better too because it gives you a little bit better uh, freedom if you're going to be fixing the house up. So I strongly uh, do recommend a home equity line against your house. I think it'd be, I think it's actually a really important thing to try to do. And I think overall, it's it's a better decision, especially like I said, when if you're going to be doing any type of large home repair. Now, the one thing I don't recommend what you do with a home equity line is use it like a credit card. Oh, we need to buy this for Christmas. Let's write a check at home equity. I don't recommend that. I recommend just use it for home, for for home repair, and you know any any major uh, purchases you may need as far as your home. Uh, don't buy a car with the money. None of that stuff. We're not doing that. Okay. Actually, that would actually be stupid because a, home, uh, a, a car is mostly a simple interest loan. Uh, an equity loan, like I said, the interest calculated a little differently. So uh, I strongly recommend that. So we'll get into car loans of that in another, you know, another time. But uh, So I strongly recommend you can do that with a home equity line as well. Now, some of the things when you're going to be buying, when you're going to be getting a mortgage, okay? Most places are going to require like a home inspection. Okay. Now, the one thing I do want to recommend, if you're going to get a home inspection, okay, go a little extra and get the good home inspection. It's going to cost you about five, six, seven hundred dollars, but get a good home inspection so you know what's wrong. Now, when there is something wrong with the house, the the bank may require you to tell the person, hey, guess what? The roof is really bad. It's got to get fixed before we give you the loan. So you're going to have to get the, the person that's selling you the home to actually fix it before you actually get the loan from the bank. The bank does have the right to do that. They can tell you, we want this, this, and this fixed before we give you the loan. Okay? Okay? Now, the other thing, folks, too, is with this, the bank's going to want to see docs. They're going to want to see pay stubs. They're going to want to see tax returns. They're going to want to see this. They're going to see that. Okay? Now, you can get things. Now, there are ways to do this. Okay? There are other ways to do this. Now, you can get, okay, what they call no doc loan. Which there's no, which which the bank doesn't look at your. All they look at is a couple weeks of tax, a couple weeks of paychecks of that. Now, loans like that are a little bit easier to get done because they're not looking at any documents. The problem with that, you're going to pay a lot more interest because the bank is kind of looking at you as a risk. There's no docs. They have nothing to back up. They're they're going on your pay stubs and what you're telling them. So uh, they can be a little bit easier with a no doc loan. But again, you got to be careful with that. Now, I know some of you probably that are listening do rent. Okay, there are other options now. If now there is something called okay 
uh, rent, uh, you know, rent to own. Now, the problem I have with rent to own is, and every time you pay the rent, okay, the part, portion of the money pays your rent, and the small part of it goes into a interest-bearing uh, account, and that account gets interest. And eventually, after four or five years, whatever's in that account is your down payment towards the house. Okay. I don't particularly have a problem with that, but here's my issue. Okay. When you do this, you you want to make you want to make sure you, you're you're keeping all your eyes dotted and your t's crossed because uh, the landlord, if the landlord decides after it's over, you you have to make sure you set a price with the landlord ahead of time. So what does that mean? When you say in five years or in three years, you know we're gonna you know I'm gonna re- rent to own. Okay. What that means is, okay. Is when the, you make sure you set a price ahead of time because what could happen? Say for some reason, some big, huge, uh, I'm just gonna say, hotel chain moves in right down the street and it ups the value of, of the home by 20 grand. It can happen, folks. I've seen it. Okay, a strip mall goes in down the block. Okay, that's gonna up the value of of the landlord's home. Okay, so now you say you agreed in a price, say five, uh, say three years, or say three years, because three it's easy to work with. Most times it's very rarely go five. Say three. So say you say, okay, well we're gonna agree on sixty thousand in, in you know I'm gonna pay you know in three years lease you know rent to own. Okay, first of all make sure folks you have a three year lease because uh, if you're renting for one year and then after one year it kicks you out, uh, it's gonna kind of a hard time getting your money back. So make sure it's a three you know if you're gonna say it's gonna rent to own for three years, make sure you have a three year lease. Okay, now say uh, say something goes up a big hotel chain or a strip mall goes up and now his property went up. Well, you could say, well, uh, we agreed on 60, but, you know, now my property's worth, you know, 80 or 90. Okay? Make sure you have an agreement with him. Make sure you have, I recommend you have a lawyer look at it. Okay? And make sure, okay, make sure, okay, that, like I said, you agree on a price before you go into a deal like that. Okay? Another thing, too, you want to make sure, folks, talking about lease to own, talking about mortgages, all that kind of stuff. Uh, one thing you do want to be leery of is owner financing. I'm going to tell you why. Um, I don't really have a problem with owner financing as long as like, so you have a lawyer do the closing for you and all that kind of stuff and make sure that you, you know, everything is in order. Because uh, a lot of times, a lot of times owner financing are things that you cannot get a mortgage on. I'm going to explain that to you in here, what that means. Okay. Normally, normally like cabins, okay, your bug out locations, um, I'm just joking, using that as a joke, but the, you know we'll, we'll get into bug out locations on another show. But uh, normally places like that, with that, or people places that are on pillars, or people that are or houses that are on cinder blocks, they're they're not mortgageable. The, the bank wants a foundation, just like if you have a module home and there's wheels at the bottom of it. Okay, bank won't mortgage it. Why? Because they consider it can move. Okay. And by the way, folks, I do want to point out, folks, when I talk about buying real estate, I just want to make this very clear. When I'm talking about buying a home, I'm talking about a home. A uh, house, okay. I'm not talking about a trailer. A trailer has a title, okay. A house is a deed. They're two different things. Just remember that, okay. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying trailers aren't nice. There's a lot of very nice ones, okay. I'm nothing against them, but a, but a trailer doesn't really go up in value. It usually goes down in value. I want you to buy a piece of real estate with a deed, okay. That you own the property, and that you're actually getting. You're actually going to as you're paying it every month. You're actually going to get value, not lose value, okay. Very important. I wanted to point that out here quickly. So owner finance usually what I mean the 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 owner will hold the mortgage on you. So say say you're buying and this is this going to be a primary residence. It could be you know a cabin you and your wife want to buy for ten grand somewhere, okay? 
the the you may have the owner may say, well, pay me, pay me ten, you know, pay me, you know, uh, this much a month for two years. Now, that's great for you, okay? Because generally, on a person who's holding the holding, you know, when it's owner finance, you get a cheaper cheaper price, and you get a lower interest rate when he's holding the loan, the mortgage, and it's all done through attorneys and all that, so there's, there's, it's a lot cheaper, okay? Now, the other problem with that is since it's not going through the banker, that you you don't have to get a home inspection. You don't have to have the septic and well tested. You don't have any of that kind of stuff. Okay? So you got to be really leery of that. It can be really good for you and really bad for you, both in the same breath. Okay? So I want you to take, okay, so make sure if you're going to do an owner financed, uh, make sure you either have a home inspection on your own or have a buddy that's in contracting or something. Even if you don't want to spend for home, have a buddy who you know is a reputable contractor walk to the house with you. Check out the roof, get on the roof, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, you're entitled to do that before you buy. Okay? And by the way, the owner should tell you, oh, well, if you do that, I'm up in the price 10000 Then say, no, forget it. I'm done. Okay? That means he's trying to pull something over on you. Okay? Very important. We're, and be careful, folks, too, because I've always said this many times. Um, the one, the, when you buy something from a friend, that's usually when you get screwed. I hate to say that, but uh, that's really the, the, the truth of the, of the beast. So. Like I said, folks, very important. Make sure you uh, do your own market mortgages and all that kind of stuff. Another thing, folks, too, you do want to rec- I do recommend uh, if you are going to go with a, a mortgage of some kind, uh, you may uh, it, it might be too expensive. You may not be able to, but if you can, I strongly recommend you go with either uh, either death insurance or um, disability insurance on it. Now, I know that sounds kind of crazy to have life insurance on a loan, but uh, if you're single, maybe not as big of a deal. But if you're uh, married with children. Uh, and you're the the breadwinner, or even the the only one that gets or the sole income uh, for the home. Uh, you may want to do that for your wife, uh, your children, and make sure they have a place to go uh, to live and to call home if something happens to you. The other thing, folks, too, God forbid anything should happen to you. Uh, the other thing, folks, too, disability insurance is a big thing too. Uh, what that means is, folks, you're paying on the loan now. Give you a prime example. A buddy of mine, uh, he had a mortgage and he never took out disability insurance. Uh, you know, and what happened was he, uh, you know, he was at work and a thing ran over his foot. And uh, he couldn't work anymore, and well, he got disability and all that. But the problem is, folks, uh, he didn't have to be without disability insurance. The house would have been not paid for, but uh, they were the the company, the mortgage company would have paid the home. I don't say the mortgage company, the insurance company, whoever handles the the the, the insurance for the loan uh, would have had to pay it every month. So uh, it's something you do actually have to pay for that, I believe, uh, every month. Uh, but it's something you may want to think about, especially if you're the sole sole uh, you know owner of the home, or if you're the only one that. Uh, has any type of income, uh, or if your wife doesn't make a lot, or something like that, or if your spouse, or if your maybe your husband uh, doesn't make enough, uh, you may may want to think about, it. or maybe you guys both have to work to afford the home. Uh, you may want to do that uh, for them. Uh, that's primarily your decision. Uh, it is a big, it is a tough decision to make, but uh, you may have again sometimes you have to make those hard choices. Uh, you know, but uh, like I said, very very important there as well. Something you need to really think about. Uh, another thing, folks, too, uh, just just kind of some good housekeeping when you buy. Make sure your tax bill goes to the right house. Uh, and I know you said, what are you talking about? Um, hey, so I had a lot of people I've known over the years. I bought a lot of tax sales, bought a lot of properties over the years with uh, my dad and some of that. And I uh, can't believe how many people places go for tax sales. And the people say to me all the time, uh, I've had people say, I'm just a true story, because I've had people say to me all the time, well, I didn't know that my you know my tax would do. The bill wasn't going to my house. Now, folks, you pay your taxes every year. I always pay them quarterly, sometimes you pay them monthly. Uh, but you will get... You will have to pay your property tax at some point within a year, okay? And you go two, three years without getting a tax bill, okay? How to change probably house is probably going up for tax sale. 
Okay, so no, make sure the tax bill and all that's going to the right place. Make sure you know you have all your everything in order where the tax bill is going, where your insurance is going. Make sure the mail gets to the right place. Uh, you know, another thing, folks, too, if you're going to buy a home, uh, always make sure, like I said, you insure the home for the value, and uh, not you know for the value and not and, and for the replacement cost, uh, not just what you owe uh, on the mortgage. Very important there as well. Uh, so a few more things, folks. We'll just go over uh, again with the with the home. Uh, you do want to, like I said, make sure when you are getting the mortgage, like I said, not only you have you have to make sure all the proper paperwork is done and all that, but uh, you might want to, if you're not very familiar with uh, with mortgages and stuff of like that, um, just a couple of things when you're buying your home. Uh, we we'll buy we can probably have a whole show just on buying homes and, and all that kind of stuff, but just a couple of things too. Uh, always make sure, like I said, you you got to get a clear title from an abstract company or a lawyer. Uh, make sure you always purchase title insurance to make sure the title is clean and all that. Uh, those are very important things as well. Always make sure the deed is done properly. Uh, if you have kids, you might want to leave the house in trust for the kids uh, in case something happens to you or your spouse. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, a couple things, you know, make sure the house is deeded right, make sure the, the mortgage. Uh, one thing you do want to always make sure, folks, and um, very, very important, um, if you do have a loan in the home, uh, when you file the deed, you want to make sure that lien is filed. Not so now. Now, if you're the person that that the bank is is going to be, you know, have the lien on, I don't know if I'd really check. But if, uh, <laughs> but if you're going to be the uh, the person that is going to be holding the loan, uh, owner finance. If you're the one holding the loan for your friend or something like that, uh, you might want to make sure when he files a deed, your your lien is recorded. Uh, so this way you're safe and make sure God, if something happens, uh, you know, you can go ahead and uh, you know secure your secure your money. I think, folks, too, with mortgages, uh, I know a lot of people say I have, you know, they get second mortgages, second loans of that. Uh, if you're going to be looking at a second, if you do have a first mortgage and you are looking at a second one because you have a lot of equity, I really do strongly recommend that equity line uh, just because it's a little bit easier than a second home. And also, you're going to save yourself probably $2,000 in closing costs. Uh, closing costs are a big thing, folks. When you buy a home, I want to make sure, too, you know that. Uh, when you do buy a home, uh, you could possibly incur some closing costs. And your closing costs could be anywhere between, you know, one to 4000 Okay, folks, uh, you do have to pay the real, the realtor commission and all that. Uh, you will split the transfer tax, uh, you know, with the buyer. Uh, that's pretty standard. Like I said, you do have the uh, the real estate agent. They do get a commission on it. Uh, they do have to live to. And, you know, you will prorate the taxes. So when you buy a house, uh, the taxes are prorated. So what that means is, uh, you know, if, if you're selling the house six months after the year, uh, you know, you paid, you paid the whole year up front, the, the buyer would have to reimburse you for the other six months they're going to have to pay. Uh, or vice versa, you know, if you haven't paid taxes yet, and it's six months in, you have to pay the first six months because you live there. People will not pay. People cannot pay the taxes when they have not lived there. Uh, so very important in there as well. So a couple, like I said, there's a couple, kind of bunch of kind of little important tidbits. Uh, what I've been thinking about, folks, eventually, what I'd like to do. Uh, my dad's been in real estate. Uh, my God, uh, geez, his whole life. Uh, I really like to get him on for uh, for uh, for the show. Uh, one week and and do uh not one week but one show and uh, really have him go, go do a whole run through with me uh, about how he bought buys a home and and all that uh, and let me tell you uh, one thing about having my dad on the show uh, be a lot of fun because my my dad does not need um, my dad does not need me to ask him questions if I get him going on real estate he can sit here and go and go and go and talk 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 for hours on it uh, we'll have to kind of bring him bring him in and, and get him under under control but uh, when it comes to real estate and loans and all that he can talk about you for hours talk about transfer tax talk about this talk about that uh, you know my dad can just go on and on and on for hours so 
uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff. So it'll be a lot of fun to uh, to get him. I want to get him on the show and, and really get he. I mean, I, I know a lot from being around him, uh, but this is kind of more his his really his, his area of expertise. Uh, so I really like to get him on and, and really go through everything with us. Uh, like I said, I've thought, I told you a lot, but uh, he knows uh, even more. So I like to get him on the show. We'll see about that. Uh, so, folks, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and uh, let's, let's. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, like I said, this is a kind of a beginner's uh, mortgage uh, information, but it is important to know. And like I said, eventually we'll get somebody on here maybe that knows a little more than I do and give you a little more information. Uh, again, folks, good housekeeping. Uh, again, you can find all of our old shows, fatherspodcast.org. Again, please go on iTunes, rate the show, give it as many stars as you think it deserves. And uh, we appreciate all the reviews, and uh, we appreciate you guys writing a little something about the show if you could. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. Thank you very much.